0: The All Black Podcast is powered by our official cloud software partner, SAP, helping our teams in black become the best run teams in sport. To listen to this episode and all the All Black Podcasts, subscribe on Apple, Spotify and anywhere you get your podcasts.
1: Kirafano, welcome to the All Black Podcast, powered by SAP. It's been a big season, including a Rugby World Cup in France. So it seems the right time to start looking at some of the highlights of 2023 as we build the ASV Rugby Awards on December the 14th, live on Sky. To talk Rugby in 223, the upcoming awards, and a couple of moments in his playing career is 60 Test All Black Sky rugby commentator and host Jeff Wilson. Welcome to the studio, mate. Thanks for coming in. It's
0: great to be here. Which moments are going to be talking about? Because I tell you what, you'd be very selective yeah. about
1: where you go. Well, that door will be closing very quickly behind uh, me. As you said, mate, as I said when we got in here, nice and nimble. Nimble, yep. we'll okay. go with a conversation. Fluid, is that what you are saying? Fluid. Fluid's the word. I but like that. um you're the guest, so you can determine these things. But actually, you know, gosh, it actually seems a while ago now, but you've you've been at the World Cup, you know, like um what was it like? You know, talk us through some of the, you know, some of your takeaways from the tournament because I was here like like the majority of us watching on the TV and, and it was an absolute Roller coaster of emotion in terms of our team's performance, in terms of reactions to different conditions of the game, and some of the games you looked at um, were phenomenal. The atmosphere, etc. A like. What's your takeaway now? You had time to digest it because you were just you were just in the throes of it, you know, for probably eight weeks. Was it?
0: Yeah, it was. It was eight weeks. Um, now, probably I, I can be honest. I didn't reflect on it for the first couple of weeks. I was home, because just cooked. I was just cooked. Absolutely, <laughs> you know, and it was a roller coaster. Uh, eight weeks is a long time. To be away, I know some other organisations had been away longer than that. Had done the the, the game and Twickenham them beforehand. So, yeah. the, the World Cup itself, uh, first and foremost, you go away with a team of people. So, if you get that that right, and I think we got that right, um, when you when you're together for eight weeks, and how hard you need to work, and what you've got to get done and achieve, and the fact you're on on call pretty much most yeah. the whole tournament, um, you get to the get to a point, and this is longer than any other Rugby World Cup. That's, that's been in the past. So there's no doubt over the last couple of weeks. And the, the tournament changed, and I've said this to a lot of people. You know, the moment France went out, um, the moment Ireland went out, and and luckily it was us that that, that took them out, uh, and I'm grateful I was there for that. And I can maybe talk about that a little bit later. But all of a sudden, a lot of the energy left the tournament itself. All of a sudden, everyone was a tourist from a, a far, far, far away. So they left Paris. All of a sudden, the French and the media over there became less engaged, so a lot of the energy in Paris, which is not a huge rugby city anyway, um, it just lost a little bit of its luster but in terms of moments and the journey the All Blacks went on really special to have been a part of that Uh, you know, when you talk about the challenges over the last 18 months for New Zealand rugby, particularly the All Blacks, their coaching staff, the players everything they'd gone through to witness, I think, a resurgence first hand, to see them come out the other side of it not quite winning it, but doing everything but but actually showing uh, actually their true colours and what it meant and, and what they could do in the all-black jersey. And Look, I uh, I certainly believe that the best rugby team didn't win the Rugby World Cup. But ultimately, that's not what World Cups are about. So as, as an experience, though, world rugby have got a lot of things they'll need to consider. Um, um, in four years' time, what it is that they're trying to deliver. And I think rugby as a whole needs to balance... The um, desire to generate revenue versus the product that they are providing to the world and the future of the game. So I think the balance, as you work out, there was a clearly there's been a a lot of reaction um, to what happened in the final Um, ridiculous amount of um, uh, criticism and uh, abuse of of referees, which have forced, which has forced. you know, a couple of really well-respected and Wayne Barnes uh, and Tom Foley to, to walk away from the game, yeah. um, which is really uh, devastating. But the, there's obviously things we need to deal with, um, the length of the, the, the tournament um, as well, the fact that they've gone to more teams, yeah. um, how they're going to deal with all of that. So there were so many positives for me, but ultimately it's a moment in time where I'll look at it and go, what is in the best interest of the game going forward and what do we want to see in four years' time? And what is it that a rugby World Cup is going to look like? So for me, look, I look, look some great memories, some great times with some great people, some unbelievable moments. Um, the quarterfinal weekend, which had eighteen months yeah. of build up, right? Yeah, it had eighteen months. I think was the ultimate weekend of rugby. If you were a, a sports fan, uh, the the hard part was that the semis and finals could never live up yeah. to <laughs> to that. You know, yeah. that was the real challenge. You so. know, and and that's another thing they'll have to address. They've talked about that, though. Bill Beaumont has said, though, you know, um, he said it on the breakdown about five months ago yeah. before the World Cup, we need to look at and address um, the seedings going into uh, and, and what we can do about that. Now, as usual, what have we seen? We've heard nothing from yeah. World Rugby. No defence in support of its referees and its staff. Not enough anyway for me. You know, they've, they made an announcement mid-tournament. Yep, we're going to 24 teams. They haven't said that how that's going to look and what that's going to look like. Um, all I know is that ultimately they've made a lot of money out of this tournament. Yeah. A huge amount of money. The organisation continues to get bigger. Questions are now, what do they do in the future?
1: Mate, totally, and you spoke about it a little bit there, but it was an absolute roller coaster in the sense that, and we discussed before you came to the studio, I think it's, you know, and of course I've got my, you know, um, All Blacks classes on, but the quarterfinal was the best game of rugby I've watched and I can't remember when. You know, it was, it was, and like you say, it was a, a beautiful mix of 18 months of build up, you know, the All Blacks going down to Ireland previously, um, so many talking lines and story points, it was a beautiful thing. But then we get the other end of the scale where it doesn't quite meet our expectation. Um... Like for you, I want to ask you a couple of things in particular. One, there's some great moments along the way. You know, opening game against France, like you say, that was when probably perhaps France and Paris were at peak supporting World Cup times. Um, The All Blacks lost that game. Then they beat on in a corner final. Then they lost to South Africa in a final. You you have to go down there, not only commentate the game as a former player and a fan, um, but as a professional. But also you've got to go down on the sideline and talk to the guys in the post-match and that sort of stuff. Is that... How difficult is that? Like, that, that must be hard because you know these guys pretty well. And you're a former player, and, and at times I'm sure you can sympathise with the experiences I've just been through. Easy when you win. <laughs> <laughs> it's the easiest Same job there. in the world. <laughs> yeah. Everyone wants to come and have a chat. Everyone's Absolutely. happy to talk
0: about the great moments and what's just happened. Yeah. And when there's great drama, and there's no doubt uh, one of the challenges that I've found, and, you know, um, my role's changed a little bit, done a lot more sideline over the last couple of seasons, and, and – uh, there's a different element to that responsibility. And I won't lie to you, I got wrapped up yeah. in the emotion of the moment in the Irish game, coming towards the end of it. It was happening right in front of me oh, yeah. and understanding what it meant and how critical it was, not just to the All Blacks, but to the fans back in New Zealand, um, but how much it meant. There'd been a lot of chat going into that game. And, and to be honest with you, look, I was getting grief the week beforehand from Irish fans. Yep. you know, They're wandering around Paris telling us, are we ready to go home? You know, they're, so they're winding us up, but, but also I was actually supremely confident going into that game because I, they had never played a full-strength all-black side, that yes. group, in yep. the last 15 to 18 months. Those three tests in New Zealand, still never at full strength. So it took us a long time to work out who we were. But, so back to your point, though, the, the easy part is doing the interviews when you win. Yes. The hard part is, like after a Rugby World Cup final, after uh, defeats last year against South Africa... Um, one of the hardest ones that was actually m- more challenging was was interviewing n Foster after they won their second test last year in Johannesburg because he didn't know if he had a job, sure he didn't know his future. So one of the challenges is the fact you 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 have to be um as unbiased as you can. you yeah. have to ask some difficult questions, and I've learned that over time and you know and and i um I received some criticism uh, a few years ago. Because I probably didn't ha- ask a couple of hard questions right. around some results or um, yellow cards to um, Steve Henson, um, and I remember that. And, and the people who challenged me on that were right. You know, I took the easy way out, and, and sometimes that's the the hard part. Uh, the, the one thing you know I have worked hard is, is trying to build strong relationships, and that's not friendships. And I think that's uh, you know yeah. I think that that's the difference is you, you can't um, you can't go and and build a friendship with. Now, don't get me wrong. I am friends with and and with a lot of them uh, involved around the All Blacks, but ultimately they understand my role as a, as a broadcaster, and I don't call myself a journalist because that's not what I'm trained to do. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm out there um, trying to give as, as much information and perspective as as we possibly can on what's happening. So I think one of those those challenges is the fact that you you have to have um, a healthy um, respect between you and whoever it is you're talking to, um, and because I've been lucky enough to be on the other side of it. And experience both sides—the winning and the losing—and the, the hardships. Uh, you have to have some empathy and sympathy and understanding, you know. And i, I like to f- um, forgive the players for that because I know, like the coaches, like everybody, they don't go out there to lose. Totally, they go out there to compete, to do their best. They prepare as well as they possibly can. Some days it's just not your day. That's the way sport is. Yeah. What, why? And and, you know, we've always, you know, we've got used to winning. And the world we live in now, nowadays, it's, it's just not like that. You know, uh, the margins are so very, very small, uh, the competition so very, very close. So it's balancing up those conversations and relationships with the players and the coaches, and just making sure there's a, a healthy respect for what it is they're doing out there, and and give them the opportunity to, to find their voice. And but but there's no doubt um, that's taken time,
1: you know, and uh, that's it, it has been challenging. Couple of more questions on, on this one before we get to some warm ups. But, like, firstly, do you enjoy it? Like, do you've done pretty much everything in rugby? You know, you've played, coached, been involved in administration. You know, now you're part of the commentary team, host, sideline. Um, you know, there's not much you haven't done. Do you enjoy this current role? Oh, I love it. I mean, look, uh, you know, there, there are, don't get me wrong, not every game is a great game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like, like, you know, that we, goes for any sport. Yeah. You know, we, we look at it with passion for rugby, and, yeah. and we're always, um, you know, critiquing. But, like, I can watch some pretty dire games of EPL. I can watch a pretty dire game of NBA basketball, but then, you know, a couple of days later you get a cracker. That's sport, isn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so there are there are days where your um, conditions might be adverse. Yeah, yeah. The quality of the game isn't as high as you'd like it to be. It's certainly not as entertaining. The, the key to that is being honest about it and... Um, don't polish the proverbial. You yeah, know, like it, it reality is if it's a bad game, it's a bad game. you know. Uh, and, and the people at home are educated in most senses. They understand what they're looking like. Like you've just said, yeah, this isn't great today. Um, but absolutely, uh, you know, it's given me an opportunity to, to be in and around the game, to have a small amount of not necessarily influence, but opportunity to help people understand the game because that's the world we're living in now where, oh. you know, you need – to educate. Um, the game's complicated. It is. Uh, and getting more complicated, and something they'll have to address. Uh, but I think, you know, ultimately, um, every time I, I get an opportunity to go to a game, um, be involved in a, um, a contest, uh, there are always going to be special moments, and clearly a, a quarter final, and going to a Rugby World Cup, being part of Super Rugby Finals. Um, you know getting an opportunity to, to travel back down to Dunedin inside yeah. you know, a, a wonderful stadium but also have memories of Carisbrook and all those sorts of things catch up with a mate or two um you know after a game have a heavy, uh, healthy debate uh, about everything that's good and bad about the game that's um, the game but that's that's just the passion i have for it so look i'm incredibly fortunate uh sky have been incredibly patient it took me a while to um, get my head around it uh but like you say i've been very fortunate to have been a player to worked in some administrative roles also to have coached, which I think yeah. is, you know, gives me a little bit of, actually a lot of empathy um, for being a coach because it's not an easy job and it just allows me to to go out there and hopefully ask the right questions and communicate the right information.
1: Mate, you touched on it there. Like We, we have a, a century-long tradition with South Africa. So when we play them, and particularly in the World Cup final, it's going to be a big event. I want to ask you a little bit about um, the quarterfinal, and give a bit of a shout-out and a bit of respect to our Irish brothers who have really upped their game in the last, you know, let's say, four to six years. Um, that looked like, from my lounge, uh, perhaps one of the best atmospheres in a rugby game we have ever seen because of the hope that the Irish had, the amount of support that was there, the way that our northern hemisphere brothers can sing, you know, not not a not not a skill of the New Zealand rugby supporter. We'll put a hand up and say that is like in chorus. You know, perhaps it's not something we do. They hundred percent do. You know, um, and I know your job's on, and you're part of the coverage of the game. But like that looked like um, one of the best atmospheres and, and occasions um, in rugby for a very very long time. Is that what it's like for you there?
0: Oh, it was remarkable. No doubt about it. Uh, look, and like I say, there was plenty of build-up going into it. There was the fans came in early; they started celebrating early. I won't lie to you. I mean, very early. But but that's not unusual. I think that's been their history. Yes. Uh, the fact they've always enjoyed the occasion. They brought their voice, um, but you know, ultimately, it's a rugby World Cup, and and you know, you got the sense, and the, the All Blacks have been. And if you look at history, tells us that every World Cup there's a game which has a different sense of motivation. In 2015, it was France quarter-final, yeah. um, where there's a history and there's a motivation and something's happened where you can see an elevated performance coming from a team. Now, the All Blacks never, were never behind in that quarter-final. It was the first time that they'd put together their strongest squad to play the Irish. The Irish had developed over a long period of time an amazing winning streak, yeah. um, but it wasn't perfect either. There were moments and, you know, there's no doubt coming down to New Zealand, uh, you know, the, the one thing that they did bring is they brought their full squad. Uh, I still don't believe it was a full strength All Black squad that they beat. It was an unusual test match in Dunedin. Um, but ultimately, what they built up was momentum going into the Rugby World Cup. You know, uh, there was a lot of discussion going into, you know, who, who would we prefer to play yes. in that quarter final? Was it South Africa or was it Ireland? Mm. I was always the belief it was Ireland yeah. because motivation is a massive factor. And people said to me, oh, you should never be short of motivation. But when you start talking about the 1% or 2% and you'll, you'll start going to a place like 35 phases when yeah. you can go to that point. Yeah. Now, that to me was probably, in, in any moment I've been at any game, the most intense and best period of play from two sides. Now, here's the crazy thing. I think Ireland probably could have been penalised 10 times for selling off. The All Blacks could have been yes. you know, penalised 10 times for rolling away. But ultimately, it was played out and both teams had their opportunity to win and it was the All Blacks who made the big play. Now, I thought Adi Savia, about four phases early, totally, got himself in a position. But, but you would have got to a point where you could have said, oh, that guy didn't roll away. Yep. That guy held on a little bit too long. Oh, that guy went to ground too early. But in terms of drama and earning the right to go to the next... Level, I think you you look at both teams and you go, you took yourself as deep as you could possibly go, and in the end, um, you know, uh, once again, Ireland go home in a quarter final. Now, here's the funny thing for me, um, I, and I don't know whether
1: this is a little bit sadistic. I'm not sure,
0: but I always loved winning away from home more than I did winning at home.
1: It's not the first time I've heard that said, actually. Yeah,
0: because it's proving everyone wrong, mm. not just the people on the field. It's actually proving the majority of the fans that were there. And let's be honest, it was a sea of green. And so once again, and, and you know, there was much talk about the Rico Iwani yep. reaction after the game. I think a lot of people felt like that is because don't talk about winning until you've won. Yeah, yeah. And that and their belief was that they'd already won, you know. And that's that's what it takes to win a regular World Cup and, now the All Blacks didn't win the final, but they never spoke about winning the final. They never talked about beating South Africa, you know, because I think we've relearned our lessons over time, right? And I can experience it, tell from first hand yes. that you can never get ahead of yourself, and so that's what built up this drama to what was, I think, one of you know the great days for rugby, one of the great weekends for rugby. I mean, everyone talked about how good the French South Africa game. It wasn't a great game of rugby. It was a lot of it was dramatic, game. wasn't it? It yeah. was dramatic, yeah, and was plenty of those, like like the Rugby yeah. World Cup final, dramatic, yeah, totally. But in terms of the ball moving around, there wasn't a huge amount, whereas that Island all Black game was, you know, both teams tried to play to their strengths and, you know, ultimately, you know, the All Blacks did enough, just enough, and that's all you need to do.
1: And the beautiful thing is that we've just developed this fantastic rivalry with them, haven't we? Like, there's, a, there's this other element to international rugby now where I'm, I'm thinking, when are the next time we're playing these guys? What's that going to look like when we play them next? When are they coming here? When are we going there? So it's, it's fantastic to have that in there as well.
0: Yeah, it is, but I think that's their generation, uh, yep. as whether or not they can replace that generation. yeah, you know, Some great players who won't be part of that going forward and some of their inspiration and leadership. Um, a little bit of transition for the All Blacks as well. So there are always ends of eras, just like in 2015. There, there's, there was an end of an All Black era, but but I think Ireland, what they've done, like you say, once once you've beaten the All Blacks yeah. for the first time and it's almost like a we don't trust Argentina either now, right? Where clearly, we were better than them at the Rugby World Cup. They hadn't played well. But even going into the semi-final was a. But
1: what if they <laughs> yeah, came totally. to Christchurch? You Few know they beat us. as Players us. have beaten us before. They're They've all, got that experience. Yeah. So
0: the story and narrative now going forward against Ireland, like you said, is and so now what have we got left? We Wales you know, haven't beaten us for such a long time. Yep. Scotland, Scotland have never beaten us. Ireland have never beaten us. So those storylines are always going to be different now because Ireland can always go to the point where we're not creating something for the very first time, and yep. so their mentality is going to be different. But like you say, the the, the transition now into the next phase for them and for
1: us as the All Blacks will, will totally. bring something different. It'll be interesting. Yeah, I mean, I must admit, um, with rugby getting more global or, or the way we, we consume games um, being easier, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see how France and Ireland, etc and England for that matter go in the in the Six Nations, which is coming up after Christmas. A few warm up questions. We've warmed up a wee bit, but at our age, Jeff, you, you need to keep that going. <laughs> um, mate, for you. Favorite player growing up and why? You know, was it a rugby player or was it you know some of these other sports you're involved in as a young fella? Oh look, I mean, I'll,
0: I'll never. If I, if there's two sides to it, uh, look,
1: um, when
0: I when I got exposed to the NBA, all of a sudden you know the it was you know sort of early '80s, mid '80s, we we started to get it on a Sunday morning, two hour eh? two hour window, right? Where we get one game. That was yeah. sort of what we would get. Um, you became aware of Magic Johnson and Larry Bird, and then Michael Jordan arrives, and, and and once. You know, I'd seen Michael Jordan and um, just the most remarkable athlete. So if you're talking about someone that, you know, idolizing the fact that the best athlete I've ever seen, absolutely. Um, In terms of rugby, uh, look, it was funny, I grew up in a cricket household, right? So I knew cricket way more. I mean, I used to go to sleep reading cricket annuals. That was, you know, that was what was in, you know. I might have done that. Yeah, I I might have done that. You know, so all of a sudden, you know, if I'm picking a a, um, first 11, you know, I've got I've never seen Sir Garfield Sobers bowl a ball in my life, but he's in my he's one of he's my all rounder because he can bowl average, yeah, he can bowl medium pace, spin, you know, like all yep. of a sudden, so Six you sixes. Know, yeah, yeah, and and so I grew up at a cricket club, so all of a sudden I'm you know you know my opening bowlers are Richard Hadley and Dennis Lilly, so there's a different that's the different lens in terms of cricket because I knew you know and were they my heroes? Probably not my heroes, but I just knew more about it. But then you know becoming. You know, uh, um, and playing different sports and getting exposed to basketball at intermediate was when I first started playing it, and then if if it was the All Blacks or it was rugby, you know, 1987 was the yeah. first time you get exposed to the great players around the world, you know, and so all of a sudden a you know a Serge Blanco comes on the on the radar, and um, you know obviously, and he's a good mate of mine now, and and uh, it doesn't pay me to say this, but J K was you know a legend, absolute legend, and, mate for anyone know, of our era, he was yeah, huge, yeah. I mean, it was just uh, when you when you know, and the All Blacks were so dominant, and he was scoring tries all over the place. But you know, you you, you look at, and there were players like him. Um, you know, the, the brief glimpses I had of a John Gallagher. Yeah. You know, and you're so going, good. it's so good, right? So, so you know, I think um, you know, I didn't, it, I certainly wasn't a situation where I revered the All Blacks, um, and I enjoyed the way the game tended to be played, and the outside backs tended seem to touch the ball ball. That's what it seemed like. I don't know if that's a hundred percent sure. But when Serge Blanco got the ball, watching France play, um, you know, there was no doubt that I had a, a, a you know, a, a love of going. You know, what 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 causes great excitement? What you know, and to be mm-hmm. fair, you know, I was, I was prone to the the odd um, bit of ridiculous try scoring behaviour. But that, to me, was the the celebration of the game. You know, the the passion for the game and the the competitiveness and all those sorts of things. So for me, when you, you know, you start if you're watching a uh, um, Magic Johnson and uh, um, oh, Michael yeah. Jordan, and then you're, you're watching a Serge Blanco, and there's a, there's a theme here. It doesn't usually involve a a, 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 theater. Or a Yeah, it's theatre. It's, it's theater. excitement. Yeah. You know? So I think for me, those were the, you know, those were the were the people. But I didn't, I never dreamt of being one of them. Um, yeah. You know, like I just, I just played when I was growing
1: up. Most influential person in your rugby career growing up? Oh, easy my dad. Yeah, well,
0: without a doubt. You know, um, the the one thing. Y- y- I wouldn't we wouldn't I wouldn't have heroes or idolize anyone but we talk the game. Yeah. You know, the strategy around the game, you know, and to me that's the one thing that you know and and cause we play cricket together, that's strategy. I that's love a it. game of chess, I right? It's it. yep. a game of chess. So but the same thing then was applied to rugby. As you're watching a your game, how you're manipulating space and how you're looking for space and you know how you can get there. and My dad was a rugby coach for a, a senior team in in Invercargill called Collegiate and I'd go down to training and and they were a team that didn't have the most hard-working forward pack in the world, but they loved to throw the ball around. So, you know, me going to an environment where we did that in a You know, even when I played my one season for Southland, there was still a willingness yep. to want to play with the ball. You know, uh, and so, you know, I think when when you know after every game, the first conversation if I was going to have one. And this is before cell phones. And she said, uh, collect called him in Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. collect caught him will he accept the charges? Or well, how long are we are going to talk to? How, how are we going to <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh, talk for, you know? It's coming so, out of your pocket money. Yeah, and then all of a sudden there'd be a, oh, what did you, you know, and and there would be a short, oh, you know, it was a good game, blah, blah, blah. And then there'd be a, did you think about this? Did you think about yeah. that? You know, oh, and then I'd go, yeah. And my first thing would be, I, I blew that, eh? You know. And I'd say to him, because cause to me, I could recall the game like that. I didn't need a video. Yeah. Um, so you know that 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 to me was you know my influence on all my sport um, initially was was my dad and and chatting strategy you know um, you know we'd we'd play chess at yeah. home we'd play cards awesome. it's all strategy yeah. you know euchre five hundred you know never really took on bridge always thought that was a bridge too far to be fair but that's Older. yeah you yeah but, that, but that, yeah but all of a sudden you start these moving things on it that was yeah, all, yeah, all too yeah. much but you know when you start talking about everything was. You'd have to say a competition, but it involved some sort of strategy.
1: Shapes you though, doesn't it? Like being involved I mean, in all those different things. It's it's all little bits of the puzzle that sort of you know um, put you together on what you ended up being as, yeah. as a footy player and a cricket player, isn't yeah. it? Like yeah, Those little moments.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and as I've said to you know a lot of players, as you as you as you're playing the game live, um, the, the usually on each individual play, every couple of seconds, there's a you've really only got a choice of three things you can do. You know, if you've got, if you're thinking there's ten things you can do, you're never going to choose yeah, the right yeah, thing. Yeah. But if you can, as the game's going live, you're going, oh, I could do this here, and I could do this here. And, and the more often you choose the right yep. option, Better you, you know, whether you, you know, you lead with the seven of diamonds, or you put out the yeah, ace of yeah. ace of, you know, like the you know, it's yep. whether you, whether you're trying to Don't draw make. draw something out, or whether or not you're tactics. leading from the
1: front. So everything is tactics. Love yep. it, mate. Oh, so many, but um, you know. Uh, best player that you've played with and against, and I'm sure there's there's been an absolute host of of great players that you've uh, got on the rugby field with over the years.
0: Uh, the best player I've ever played with is in Yeah, without a doubt,
1: just all round, all just, round skills. Uh,
0: uh, Look, Look, I'm a skill guy. Yeah, I'm a skill and position guy. And he doesn't play my position, but he had all the skills. I mean, he's dropping back into the pocket, kicking drop goals. Yeah. You know, he's reading the situation, putting himself in the best position to impact the game from number eight. Um, physically, you know, um, look, did he have – was he the best athlete out there? In his early days, absolutely one of the best. But then he learned his craft and became that world-class number eight who could do everything, you know. And so for me – when you needed someone when the fight was on incredibly intensely, as we know, competitive, you know there's not many people I would say that uh who throw their toys worse than I do when they lose, but he was it. you know like there was no doubt or he, or he'd I've always wanted or but he'd always wanted one more, yeah, but you love that to play yeah. with that, you know, and that's why I can say playing against it was incredibly frustrating because I was playing against. Zinzan Brook in a dominant Auckland team, which yeah. was a remarkable
1: side. They were ruthless too, weren't they? Like that oh. attitude, you say, like win it all like they were just ruthless and backed it up with with skill as well. Well, but
0: I mean, look, they were they were the this is hard to say as well. They were the Crusaders before the Crusaders, yeah, totally. you know. So so they created this dominance where they had um, you know remarkably um, tough forward pack, relentless, accurate, um, and then they had the first Grant Fox, and then they had yeah. Carlos Spencer. And so then all of a sudden they just had this, they evolved, they got better, the game changed, they could change. Like that's yeah. what's remarkable about Super Rugby when it started is that, you know, they were at a level at a point where they could control the game. Then it went into overdrive and then Carlos Spencer comes in and yeah. they've got uh, a Jonah Lomu and they've got Joely Venderi and they can go into overdrive, you know. Yeah. And, and so I think, you know, um, a Ronnie Clark and all that sort of thing. So, so you start going through the, you know, they were remarkable. But for me, you know, if I was talking about um, you know, the, the best player. Look, and I, was, I I played with Michael Jones at the end of yes. his career after um, the major knee injury. Um, so influential, uh, a privilege to have played with, would love to have played with him in his prime. Um, so I don't know how good he was, but I certainly know how good um, Zinzan Brook was.
1: Mate, quickly about guys you played against. What? You know, it's so easy for me to turn on the tally and watch the replays and see what happens. But like, you know, what's it like being out there when you know you've got an absolute weapon on the other side like how does it determine your behavior what is, does it all happen so quickly like it's it's easy for us to you know flick on and, and make some judgments around what we should be doing with certain players when you're watching from the couch but like um, it all happens so quickly doesn't it when you're playing against you know guys who are fast are strong are, are smart you know when you put those things together um, it can be they can be pretty dangerous
0: look it's a completely different game now yep. than to what I played as we know the, the spaces have changed where the opportunities are are limited. Um, it's become so um, uh, physical brutal uh, confrontation one pass carry you know a, a fight for the game line um, you know and that 's why all of a sudden if you start putting in two teams who play a certain way a certain style in certain conditions you don 't get any rugby because it 's just too hard to play yeah. the laws don 't allow it so in the past it didn 't matter what it was like you could still play you know yeah. um, whereas now it's become so much more tactical and, and um, There's no doubt. I think the skill sets have changed, but but ultimately, you know, when when you look at someone in front of you, one of my great rivals was Joe Roff. You know, uh, I I, he was he was the peak peak, brumbies, peak brumbies, peak wallabies. The last time they were really any good, um, the wallabies, he was their guy, and you watched him whether it was at fullback, but particularly on the wing, he was the guy who looked opposite me that pretty much. played the similar game that I, I had. The fact that he could he could position himself, he could kick, he could yeah. run, he had subtle skills. Reason you know, big, yeah. big, yeah. good in the air. Yeah. Like he was a real it was an all round world class player. Absolute world class player. Didn't make mistakes, no. didn't make errors, you know, didn't put the team under pressure. Had a good kicking game. So ultimately when I looked at a goal like that, I felt more pressure than a one trick pony. You know, yeah. um, you know, the, the, you knew that they just wanted the ball and they were gonna run. Um, you know, they were going to run at you, you know, and and look, the one thing I was lucky was that I was fast enough to be able to cover cover up any mistakes I could possibly make, or you know, I could give people the outside and just take it away. I could run them down, you know. Uh, had you know whether or not I could do that nowadays with the the fact that the where these guys are at and how quick they are, I'm not giving Rico Uwani the outside. I can tell you that for a fact, wow, you wow. know. But I remember playing against Jonah, and yeah. it was a matter of look, this is you know that that's a moment in time where you're not enjoying the six or seven days leading up to that game knowing yeah, it's coming you know about it. think of yeah. the more you think about it the worse it got you know you didn't sleep a lot that week but you formulate a strategy you work out how you could get up and stop him getting his momentum you know you call in the cavalry uh, you, you force him back on in the inside to some other poor bugger yeah. whatever it might be yeah yeah, yeah. or you, you know you get up on his outside whatever you, you come up with a strategy once again talk tactics that's what I enjoyed about the game going yeah. okay that's about awareness and understanding
1: Mate, least me an next question, a little bit off kilter, but uh you know, if if Jeff Wilson, Glenn Osborne, Eric Rush, Mark Ellis, Tano all uh, went out on Vic Park just over the road there and had a running race today, who's winning? Today. 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 Um, when was the last time Jeff Wilson sprinted? That's a great question. <laughs> the
0: last time I sprinted was probably when I got beaten by my fifteen year old son, or fourteen, but he's probably fourteen at the time. Uh, how far we going?
1: Uh fifty. Not hundred, fifty.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, no, no, I'd have Oz. Uh, I saw oh, Rushy uh, do a do a oh, speech. Oh no, actually no, Ru- actually no. No, well, I don't know. Hey, Rushy's quite a bit older than me, though,
1: isn't he? Yeah, well, that's that's yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah,
0: but Tana uh, still seems to look pretty sharp. Yeah, running's a different thing now. I think I think you get a whole lot of us looking at each other on the start line, going, "This is not a good
1: idea. <laughs> this is what you'd get <laughs> if you're <laughs> looking across Probably I mean, shake hands and have a draw." Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, the the, the funny the funny thing of being is that that um, there are a number of. Fijians that I played against, so I never, I don't think saw saw them run at full speed because, yes. you know, like they didn't they in games. To... You, well, they didn't need to. They never run just fast enough to stay out of reach, you know. And and so, you know, they 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 were lightning, you know. Um, I mean, uh, um, Rupini, the other book is probably the fastest guy I've ever seen on a rugby field. Yeah, you know. Uh, but um, so look, I don't know. Uh, I'll will t- say this, you know. Um, the one thing that was important to me. Was when I went to um to the the All Black training camps and they did the speed test thing. Yeah. was the fact that I always won those. Yeah, I won that race. Now clearly I was trying the hardest when it was measured. When it was measured, yeah. I won those, and we're talking by just enough. Yeah, you know, um, that's all it matters. Well, yeah, just one of those things. Just reminding, yeah. you know, yeah. you know. Whereas I don't think Joe Ali who was there was really trying to run as <laughs> fastest. You know, um, Kelly was always Kali was always trying pretty hard. Yeah, you know, um. Clearly Jonah as well, but it was just enough that just reminded yeah. everyone. Yeah, Still got it. I thought, well, no, I'm.
1: If I've got something, at <laughs> yeah. least I'm fast, right? <laughs> so at least it's... I'm fast. I might not be able to tackle very well, you know. Mate, that's not true. But the, um, mate, last warm-up question. We've talked a little bit about NBA already. You know, you're you loved your basketball, played a lot of basketball as a young man. If Jeff Wilson's in the NBA, and he's got a starting five with four or others, who's he taking? Wow. Are you point guard? Was that your position? Uh, as a young Well, foot? no,
0: because then it would be. Uh, no, I was just angry guard. <laughs> <laughs> rugby playing I still, basketball. I still like, play, but ba- <laughs> oh, funny enough, uh, gosh, if anyone who plays in the North Harbour competition across the way, because I still play basketball, I'm the only one that wears a mouth guard, and I get accused of <laughs> this isn't rugby. I said, well, we've got referees uh, yeah. if they want to call them, and I said I've got five fouls. <laughs> I, I, so, and I've got, I've, you know, so it's one of those unique situations. But if I've got a if I've got to pick a starting five, and this is. Man, you're talking about reducing yeah. some great players. I am. Down. I'm making you do this. You're making, yes. you're making me do this. I am. All right. So, um, just so I don't, I don't have to shoot the ball, but I can just get multiple assists. I'll play point guard, and that would mean that I'm, I'm playing point guard ahead of, um, uh, of Magic Johnson. But I would, I would probably go to uh, at, at shooting guard. I'd probably just go uh, Michael Jordan. Then I would go to um, uh, LeBron James uh, oh. because then you got point forward. You know, I think that's you, you've got that covered. Uh, you know, and that, now that's leaving out Steph Curry as well as a point yeah. guard. So the, the thing I would swap, I was going to swap, I'd have Steph Curry at shooting guard, and I would go to power forward. Uh, I get you know, um, and this is, yep. a, and then Shack would be my center. Oh. I just, I'm just, I've got a bit of size. I'm going to swap, yeah. but that's. You know, you have all these debates, and I love listening to the NBA um, oh, I love the it. podcast because you see, all of a sudden, everyone so often comes with their top ten. They talk about Rushmore, and you know, you're leaving out Kobe Bryant. They just and, lean into it. It's yeah, yeah, oh, it's amazing. You know, yeah. I mean, you just it's it's hard to debate those. But I, you know, like I, still, I mean, let's. I, I won't lie to you. I've got a, you know, one of my highlights of my life is I'm. I'm praying that LeBron's going to be playing, but uh, Christmas Day, I'm going to watch the Lakers play the Celtics.
1: Oh. How good, Jason. Yeah, Tate family, and LeBron. Yeah, you know,
0: and I'm, I'm actually a Celtics yeah. guy. I've sort of got over to the Celtics because I love the way they play team basketball.
1: Yeah. And I come off teams the moment they stop
0: playing team basketball. Yeah. So if I it,
1: love the Spurs when they're a peak Spurs team. They it, just, exactly. Pass it around.
0: Yeah, they move the ball. Anyone that moves the ball, you know, yeah. and I, love, and, and I love teams that play defense, you know. Uh, and so to me, there's this, and, you know, when I think about Shaq, you know, when I think about LeBron, you know, I think about Jordan, you know, talking about was he all. Six-time All Defensive Team, you know, there's there's all of those things that means that my um, pitiful skills could be swallowed up um, by by these these guys, you know.
1: Not a bad, I reckon. Like, LeBron, Shaq, they'd probably go right at rugby if they kicked it when they were ten years old. Geez, LeBron's an athlete. I
0: imagine Steph Curry's a halfback.
1: <laughs> think about that. Six foot four halfback. How good. Mate, let's pick out a few rugby questions from your playing days, and we touched on a little bit, but like um, you. You played a bit of everything, and, and like you say, you're a, in, in some regards a cricket family lot. Like when it got to the stage where you were starting to go really well with your footy, starting to go really well with your cricket, was that a genuine sit down for an hour, cup of tea with the old man, and figure out the path forward, or, or did it all were the decisions made for you, for you as you went through that journey? Because that journey's different to what it is today, because there's you know, I think I'm right in saying you're the last, um, you know, person who played rugby and cricket for New Zealand. That's that's never going to happen again, or, or that take. Maybe it'll if, happen again. You think it will happen again with
0: T Twenty? It'll happen again.
1: Uh, actually, that's a great and it point, should, and yep. it should happen. Yeah, I think it, you, you I'd love about, it. I'd love it to happen. You, you need to have
0: courage in life now. It's yep. just you need to take chances. Yeah, the fact that you know a lot of these guys, and you watch them play, um, they play cricket. You know the likes of Will Jordan and Kieran um, uh, Reed. You see them go out there, and you go, Jordy uh, Barrett. Yeah, the ability was clearly there. Why in the world wouldn't you? give them an off-season T20 contract yeah. if you're Central Districts or Northern Districts or whatever and go if you want to come and play a few games of cricket.
1: What what have we got to lose? Could be a putting... new All Black revenue stream a sort of a 2020 side that they put over India. Uh,
0: well well but, but, but but I'm just Why not? I, you know you look at ability exactly you know yeah. just go you know put them in a side and go if you want people to come and watch give mm. them something to come and watch you know the the black caps play all year round they never come back and play domestic cricket yeah. so put an All Black in there who who has shown they've got the ability. Now, really? it, it you know, they, they may not want to. You know, that would be giving up some tea times. You know, yeah. <laughs> for some of them. 100%. But the fact that they love the game, and you're going because of the nature of the sport, and it's uh, their ability to be an athlete and be able to hit the ball. These guys yeah. have got that. You know, Kieran Reed showed that um, last year. He's got the ability. You know, Shane Bond's steaming in at him, and yeah. he's putting him over the fence. No issue. And, yeah. and Bondy, yeah, what was he, forty odd years old? But he yeah. put time and preparation. And still getting it down. He's still getting it down, and there's the ability. And so, so for me, that's why I think it is actually possible. With it you know, before, you know, T20, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not convinced. So, yeah, and that that would be the
1: way I'd look at it. But for you, was there a fork in the road, or, or did, as I said, look, did it, it it just I, happened? Um, no, I got picked for the All Blacks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that that happened. Yeah, um,
0: you know, like I uh, I'd played, you know, cricket, one day cricket in '93 against Australia, and you know, it was there was an off season. Yeah, You You right. went and played yeah. rugby, and I, you know, I always grew up thinking I'd be a cricketer. You know, and and you know, to the point where I didn't play um, the most of one rugby season after I'd played a full cricket season and decided I wasn't going to play, and then. I got asked to go and play fullback in an under 18 tournament because they didn't have, Southland didn't have a fullback. Somebody got injured or done whatever, and you know all of a sudden I got seen and played for New Zealand secondary schools and went all right with that. And so those that, not bound the, the, by contracts and tied down to things, and, not being told, and by a, a high school that I could only choose one. Yes. 100%. Not being told by a high school, I can only choose one sport because we now run professional programs, and yeah. you know we don't think that playing multiple sports, if you want to be one, is good for us, um, you and good for us because we want to win a national championship. All of those competitions, though, you know, like and that's when you know I went to Cargill High School uh, in Invercargill. Uh, you know, and there was, when I was younger, there was I oh, should you should go to Southland Boys. Well, Southland Boys at the time were well, no, you got to play first eleven for for the school. Well, I'm playing. Senior cricket with and Ed. playing for Southland, yeah. and you want me to downgrade? Yeah. Sorry, that just doesn't work for us. But 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 you know, it was a co-ed school which um, allowed me to practice my goal kicking. Would yeah. <laughs> allow me to, you know. Yeah. It was what you know. I didn't spend it. I was I was away from school a lot. You know. Yeah. um That's Through same. sporting trips and playing cricket, and so all of a sudden, you know that 1993. You know, I played for you know the. the Black Caps, New Zealand, and then I went into the rugby season. There was no; they had an off season in cricket. There was no
1: internationals. So, go to Otago, bam, bam, bam. All of a sudden, I'm on an India tour. Mate, just quickly, um, ask you about something during that period. A, a cricket memory. You got about 40 odd chasing a score off about 20 balls, which even that that strike rate stands up pretty well today. Is even though the game cricket has advanced a huge amount. Like, that was against Aussie, sort of peak Aussie side in front of home fans. You were a young fella just making your way um, in cricket. How does that sporting experience stand up against all the other things that you went on to do um, in rugby? Because I remember that series. I remember it really, really well. I remember that run chase. It was like rolled mud, actually, the pitch, you know, like when you look back at it now. But, like... That's a great achievement. That's a great effort. Like a a run chase, a successful run chase, and being a part of that is, is one of the greatest feelings in cricket. And I've done it at, at nowhere near that level. So like that must still hold up as a as a great memory. Oh, absolutely. You know, to, to be able to say
0: you've you've hit the winning runs against Australia totally. to do anything against Australia. Yeah. You know, to to you know, that, there's no doubt about that. But uh, yeah, uh, along the same time, it's it was. It's crazy to be even selected. Yeah, the circumstances you can research on why I was selected, and you know, like there was some, you know, um, Adam Perori and and Chris Kins yes. got dropped. Yes. So. Tony Blaine and myself come in. <laughs> you know, I'd, I I didn't have my, my – I'd sent my gear to Invercargill. I was in Dunedin. And I've got to get my cricket gear back. What do you mean? So we, we, you could play in Australia on the weekend at Carisbrook, which yeah, I got good. absolutely smoked, you know, but as a learning experience. But even for me then, I'd hardly played against um, Andrew Jones and Martin Crow and Danny Morrison. Yeah, because teammates. I, they teammates. Yeah. They, they, they were all of a sudden my teammates, you know. And so they were, um Paddy, great bats. I mean, the, the game of touch we had the day before the game was more competitive than anything I'd been involved with in my entire life you know and it was a game of touch because they all they were all multi skilled players yeah. and athletes but all of a sudden you know I, I struck up a friendship with Chill Blaine with Tony yeah. you know all of a sudden it's like what are we? I know what, what am I doing here you, you probably deserve to be here but what am yeah. I doing here and so, and I'm playing against Australia yeah. you know and so um, look that, that Hogan scored in a remarkable I think 91 yeah. which gave us an opportunity and then it was well what do you got to lose you know uh, swing for the fences yeah um, and so, uh, but to be moved, Hughes is yeah. storming in, and Steve Ward, like yeah, Steve Ball, yeah. Oh, players. mate, it was it was amazing,
1: and I I was totally. Did they chip you a little bit as a young fellow. Well,
0: no, no, they didn't because oh. they had no idea who I was. I just was. a sledging story. Well, just no, one, you know. Well, no, it happened the next day. I
1: <laughs> did it. Yeah, yeah, because
0: we played back to back. Oh, right. So we we got in our vans after that game, and we drove to Auckland, yeah. and played the next
1: day. And like, so you're not going to
0: do that again. Well, right? well no, funnily enough, um, look, and, and Alan Border was in the team at the time, oh. and I was lucky enough to uh, catch up with boards about uh, oh, six or seven years ago at the New Zealand Golf Open, and he remembered me. Yes. Like, like it was it yeah. was crazy. Now, I know he was a little bit of a rugby fan, so he sort of known that that history was there, but, you know, he remembered me that series and being a, a part of it. And so, look, to have played against Australia, given, given the fact I'd grown up. Um, yeah. in the creating uh, world. It was, well, look, it was it was exciting. The fact it came down to the last ball. You, yeah. Can you remember who was batting at Eden Park? Who we needed a six to win off the last ball to win the series. Not Prang. No, no. It was probably... And he probably didn't hit a lot of sixes. Gavin Larson.
1: Ah. Gavin
0: was on strike. We needed a six to win. So I remember going out to bat, and uh, I I've got a quick, tw- quick 12 or 13 because we were to swing it. Edged a couple. But it was almost like I hadn't even left from the day before. Like, yeah, and, and, straight back on the horse. Well, what was crazy was... So good. The the ovation I got going to Eden Park probably the only time I got this ovation at Eden Park because even I watched the game the day before. Yeah. So all of a sudden people are cheering and I was and to me it was and and at that point I think the Australians were, yeah, chipping me a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I hit a couple and then they got me. I went for a shot that wasn't on. What surprise? Um, but but yeah, as I walked off the cheers were still the same because we were in the hunt and the uh yeah. Honestly, that was that was crazy. That was intense. The last ball, you know, we needed a six to win in Eden
1: Park. Didn't quite get it. Solid single, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, so good. And I'm just picking up on a couple of things, it almost like, in many ways, with your footy, with your rugby, like, you love to love to play, love to use the ball, and and it seems like you're able to play for teams and be in environments where that was the case, and none more so than Otago. Like, you know, pick a couple of moments from that time. It seemed like you just had a bunch of guys on the same page who... Uh, didn't have a chip on their shoulder, but wanted to play and and really enjoyed going out and expressing themselves. And it was like ahead of its time a little bit. And some of the, still some of the great uh, national provincial highlights come out of, of that era and some of the things you guys were able to do. And, you know, geez, you're seeing a bit of kicking in behind the line and chip and chasing coming back into the game of rugby um, today because of the way the defensive lines are structured. But geez, that was something that, um, you pioneered back then, and, and some great moments at Carrasbook at, at the old ground down in Otago.
0: So what we, what we did um, in Dunedin when I, when I went there, and I didn't know any of these guys, uh, you know, when I went, went to Dunedin, um, you know, you, your Stu Forsters, your Steve Baships, you know, uh, Mark Ellis, John Leslie, uh, Paul Cook, you know, obviously I knew Greg Cooper or uh, uh, what he did and who he was, and how he played for the All Blacks, and but so all of a sudden, you know, Aaron Penney, Jamie Joseph, um, uh, we we. I suppose we're always the underdog because we didn't have any established All Blacks. Yeah. You know, we had guys who had been in, uh, close to it, but you know, we had David Ladder and you know Mike Meeker and Nick Moore and, and you know um, Brendan Timmons and Andy Richardson locks. You know, and so you know uh, we just had this this group of players. Josh was just starting to come mm. and, and become a uh, part of the conversation. So the only way we could beat teams was with, with creativity. Was to keep the ball alive, um, but we trained that. You yeah. know, we did a lot of things where. You know, um, it, it was always off the cuff. It was, if, you, if it was on, throw it. You know, um, we had, and, and the ultimate person to do that was Mark Ellis, because yep. no one cared less than he did, whether <laughs> yeah. he made a mistake or not, right? So when you're fearless and things come off, you can create the remarkable. And so we were on a roller coaster of days. It didn't come off. We just lost. Yeah. Oh, well. We just, we just, but when we did play well. Back to Gardies and see what the next game yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, we'd commiserate with each other, um, yeah. celebrate the loss. That's what, you know, we'd, we'd try and learn a lesson or two. Um, um, Gordy would um, give us a lecture. About, I'm not sure what about Gordy would give us a lecture about, but we'd go up the next week and go, but it doesn't matter because they'll never beat us. Because we never, so we'd never give up. We'd be who we were. We'd play the way we were. And when it came off, you could pull off the, the unthinkable you know but ultimately then all of a sudden we're playing King Country and we're winning 9 three you know like because <laughs> nothing came off on that day yeah. you know and King Country wouldn't let us play. Um, but then the other side of it we'd have a, a day where we'd take a few punts and we'd beat Auckland at Carisbrook you know and, and, and take a chance at it. and so we knew on any given day if we got it right we could beat anybody you know and I think you know for a long time that was what held you know a, a rugby and then the Highlanders in good stead was the fact you were going somewhere that believed they could
1: win any time they went on the park. So good. Mate, continuing this this rapid rise, like All Blacks, when you got the call up, where were you? How'd you get it? You know, we're not doing um, squad namings on Sky the Breakdown back then. When you were there, there's barely internet. There probably isn't internet. I can't even remember. There's certainly no cell phones. No, no, there's no. There's no social that. media. There's none of that stuff going on. How's Jeff Wilson finding out as a very young man um, that he's in the All Blacks? Didn't play. It was a, after a game
0: against Waikato in Hamilton, and it was was it a semi final or was it a Shield Challenge? I'm just trying to remember what it was. Um, it was, but I didn't make the cut for the game. I was in the stands, right? Really? So I didn't not pick for the side. Not picked to play that day. So I think we've been on tour, or and, and I'm just trying to remember exactly what the the nature was. So it was before the end of the NPC. We we're announcing the team that was going to uh, to the Northern Hemisphere. And Greg Cooper had the the year before um, had been the Richard Lowe incident. Yes. And so Coops had come back, and uh, and John Timur was in the squad, and Paul Cook had been playing really well. John Timur, yeah, love like yeah, John Timur, exactly. So so I didn't, I wasn't selective. It was a season in '93 that I didn't play every game. I moved around from right wing to left yeah. wing, depending. We rotated, uh, you know, and Coops was, was at fullback. Yeah. So we sort of rotated the rotated the wings. Didn't play every game, and so. Um, I I had a, a really really good season, but it was the there was the return match. We got absolutely thumped. You know, Wa- Waikato came out there and just laid one on us. So anyway, um, uh, probably
1: Fozzy was it? Fozzie in the team that day. Oh, I don't want to give Fozzy any credit because <laughs>
0: no. Because no, 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 Fozzie and I have a great running battle because I played in Fozzie's last uh, last game for Waikato was 1998. Yeah, and, and they lost the NPC, lost, uh, they, they, NPC, NPC yeah, final. You know, uh, um, but yeah, he would he, absolutely he would have been playing. Yeah, totally. Um, he does remind me of that. But you know, so that's why I can say, but I wasn't playing. But not that I would have made any difference in that game. Anyway, um that night, uh they were the team was getting announced the next morning, but they were sort of telling everyone the net, the night before because then there would be some media and yep. sort of attention. So anyway, yeah, um we were in the uh middle of a post match debrief, which is described as a court session mm. and uh we had a half a halfway house stop, which is I'll say, that's the clean way of saying it, you know, uh, and, yep. and anyway, um I, the manager pulls me aside and said, Oh look, just to let you know, you're gonna be named in the All Blacks tomorrow morning. And everyone uh, says
1: it's not on their radar, but it was genuinely not on your radar. Uh no, the conversation a, was bit of there, chat or...
0: a little bit of chat. Yeah. But really, you know?
1: Um Yeah.
0: So 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 the he told me then but he said, But look, there's a few guys who thought they might make the All Blacks who aren't going. So you need to I'm like why would you tell me now then? You know, so I'm sitting in the middle of a court session halfway through and then it's the, so they sort of announced um, because you couldn't tell anyone. Who are you yeah. going to tell? It was about 10.30, 10 o'clock at night or whatever. There's no one to tell. Yeah. So I remember, um, <laughs> sort of, I, I rang Collector Invercargill and, <laughs> yeah. you know, and said, oh, I'm going to be named in the All Blacks tomorrow. Um, and then we sort of went out on the town, but that, I, I didn't drink. So I was out on the town watching some celebrations going on. Of all the people I bumped into was John Mitchell, because he'd been named yes. in the All Blacks squad as well. Yes. And he was trollied. Yeah, uh, He'd he had a good time. It. But absolutely, you know, yeah. um, and, and understandably, they just whacked us yeah. and had just been named in the All Blacks, you know. But we, I remember bumping into him, and he said, can you believe it? I said, no, I can't believe it. This is how naive I was to it, though, right? Like the, we, we had a game coming up the next weekend, and um, the next day – you know, they announced the squad and all this sort of chat. And I didn't realise until assembly, right, this is how I, you know, I didn't read anything, didn't, that JK wasn't in the team. Hmm. Like and I didn't, I, in the squad, I didn't know he was in the, wasn't it. So I turn up to training
1: and I'm going, where's JK? Where's the great man?
0: And, and the, the Auckland players, of course, eyebrows down, where's not in yeah, the team you are? Yeah, yeah. And so all of a sudden, I was like right, okay. So there's an element of pressure on here. Yeah. You know, like I've I've been selected to carry the jersey. ahead us, you know. Yeah. It wasn't Sir John Kerwin there, but it was J.K. It's like a bit yeah. f- this is this is crazy, you know. And then it was a small, small squad played about. I don't think I only missed one game um, on the whole tour. But yeah, the the whole naming of it um, was a little bit clearly a lot different, you know, back yeah. then. Uh, but there was no doubt we sort of celebrated. But also there was a few guys. You know, Paul Cork had had a huge season. Um, I'm just trying to think uh, some other guys. Uh, Jay O had played really, really well, uh, but Stewie went on it. Bash went on it, Um, but it was just one of those sort of situations where, you know, this is not this is not what you do. You don't over over celebrate. Um, But look, it was as as much of a surprise at the
1: time, you know, as it did when I got to the first changing training when Sir John was not there. 60 tests in the jersey best day in the jersey worst day in the jersey I know that's just throwing out trying to get you to, to pick uh, a couple easy, of moments
0: easy because we all recollect, uh, recollect the worst um, you know 1995 World Cup final and um, certain incident in 1994 which yep, apparently the stadium totally. the stadium holds about 300,000 people because everyone tells me they were there <laughs> um, it was a guy I bumped into the other day on the golf course I said, oh, I was at the Sydney football stadium in nineteen ninety four. So I appreciate that. Great. This is that's but yeah, so so those are clearly the two worst. I mean the Rugby yeah. World Cup final in particular though, um, health wasn't you know, I was in terrible shape, got vague crook, memories yeah. of the day, really crook. Yeah and and uh you know it, you know, as as much it was it was great for South African rugby, um, you know, I, I think in terms of you know, for the, for that team, we were the best team. We were changing the game. We were taking it to a place that hadn't been, I believe, at the international level. And and it was so disappointing not to have got that done. To have won the next year in '96, clearly in Pretoria to win the series, the first series in um in, a, in South Africa for the first time, the All Blacks. That's that's you know the the, big, the biggest moment for me in an All Black jersey.
1: How much does because the sequence is going into the '95 World Cup. Not even on the radar as one of the favourites. Like the team was, I don't know, rebuilding for lack of a better term. Then, like you say, played some beautiful rugby, got to the final. How much did '95 and the disappointment of '95 fuel '96? You got two tries in the second test to basically crack it and seal it. One great chip and trace, chase try from fifty out. Like was was '95 the motivator, or actually it was his own thing because we had never won in South Africa, so that there was enough that was enough
0: timings everything both
1: those are factors you know we
0: talked about trying to create history john hart had set up the tour you know they scouted you know what it is they needed to do they'd gone over there and, and decided they needed the two squads to play the different yep. games the midweek games to prepare that if you were going to get this job done um the motivation for that group from 95 because we weren't able to steal, steal it was a, almost like okay let's let's vindicate how you know that we were the best team um you know, it it was different um than ninety five clearly, but uh to win, you know, though that, that, that test series two one to you know to have created history, um we were probably better in ninety seven. Yeah. Like that you know, if you we were undefeated in ninety seven, drew the last test of the year against England, which was bitterly disappointing, but we rolled through that year. Um we, we we I think that was the best of that group. Yeah. Uh and then we had the the Exodus, we lost a lot of players after that. But you know, that, that period for me, that time, that was a, a remarkable pr- uh, group of players. And, and uh, you know, I think, interestingly enough, you talk about moments in time. Um, that 94 test, we got behind early against Australia um, at the Sydney Football Stadium. And we got the half-time. And we'd been working on some things through the course of that season. You know, um, Laurie had copped a lot of criticism, lost the first those two tests yeah. to France at the early part of the year. You know, I stayed on the bench for, and we drew the series with South Africa, mm-hmm. I sat on the bench for those first five tests and then JK gets dropped again. Yeah. And I come in and then I drop the ball over the line. But what, what had happened before that is that we got to half time and it was almost like well we've got a we've been working on the conditioning, we've been working on all these things. We need to you know, I mean, we've been doing some stuff through the breakdown to try and create quicker ball and and we started to have to play and all of a sudden we started rocking, you know, and then you know, we actually it was about twenty minutes to go after I um Lost the ball on the tackle with George. We had a couple of chances. We could have won that game, yeah. you know. And we 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 upped the tempo. Now, yes, there was a huge amount of disappointment. Lost the as they Cup, but we felt as though we'd made a shift in terms of our mentality about what we could do. And then we just went to work over the summer. And I think to me, you know, so we knew we were going to go to South Africa and we were going to play on top of the ground. Now, remembering that Jonah was a late inclusion to the Rugby World Cup squad, we were going, in all likelihood, we were going to go there without him. Until the senior players and spoke to Laurie and said, "Look, you've got to take this young kid. We, yeah. you, you know, this is the this could be the game breaker for us. The way that we're trying to play, how we're going to use the ball. So all of a sudden, we you know we had all of this, you know that that allowed us to get to the space and get it to him early and see what he could do. And then he exploded. And then I think, you know, funnily enough, Jonah was in and out of the squad for reasons, health reasons, obviously over the next few years and didn't play '96 uh, a lot when we went to South nah. Africa. But the, the base of how we wanted to play." Um, and the conditioning of our forward pack in in particular and ability to get around the park. And Josh came into the fold. and So, um, you know, Mertz came in at first five. You know, Carlos was still sitting in the background, but Mertz was just, had had arrived. And people sort of forget that about 95 is that Josh was new. I hadn't played a huge number of tests. Jonah hadn't played a huge number of tests. Oz had hardly played. He was playing fullback. uh, Hardly played. Yeah, you know, so all of a sudden we were going in with this well-seasoned, fit, athletic forward pack who, at it, it set piece time, Hollow Brown and it mm. were tough as, and then we had this back line that was, go for it, play yeah. at speed, and you had Frank tackling everyone for you, oh. and 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 Walter and Silk. and so yeah, and and Graham bashup had come back, and all of a sudden our distribution yeah. had changed just a little bit, it had gone up a little bit more. So, so we had this. I think I think the foundations of changing the way the All Blacks um, would play the game in the future, and I would say inspire the next generation about how to play how we wanted to play the game
1: you touched on a little bit around um you know so often I hear a Richie or a Dan Carter or someone say you know how hard 2007 was but what it helped them shape going forward like for you you always seemed externally so confident but you know like say you talk about that moment in 94 you talk about the moment in 95 like did that steal you like was that well those do you look back on those things and think that that helped me shape me into a really good player those tough days are just as important or or because the other side of that too is like it's it's amateur days there's not as much support wrapped around players you know trying to make sure that we can you know get the off field and the odd field in sync you know you probably is, in some regards left to your own devices um when it comes to the stuff that's not rugby and you're what 20 21 you know like so super young one, the 94 one was interesting because I look back at
0: that and go, um, there was a couple of players, and they'll be nameless. It was the fact uh, he has to be left to deal with it on his own. Yeah. So you know, like I'm, I, I won't lie, to you, I'm crying in the changing room at 100%, 94 because as you would be. because you feel as though you've just lost the test match yep. for the All Blacks. You know, you've been responsible, had the opportunity, you know, desperate to beat Australia, um, and so and I remember at the time, you know, like I was devastated, absolutely devastated. The great thing about who I played for and where I come from, you go back to Dunedin, and I went back to playing for Otago after that. You're back into familiar yeah. faces, familiar support networks. The fact, see, that's the interesting part about it is the fact that, man, it, I haven't gone out there to try and drop the ball. No, nah, of course not. You know, um, you, you, you've given it a crack. You know, um, at the time, I think I'd beaten three players to get there. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and it, and i have finished tries like that. In 1993, to beat Auckland, same way, you know, reaching out in the totally. tackle Remember to put it. the ball down, right? And Foxy so, so, he kicks the ball, how yeah, good? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. all of those, you know, that's something that's happened. So, in terms of denting confidence, absolutely. Um, uh, but dealing with it, no, you're dealing with it on your own. But, like I say, I was going back to a, a, a great group of people in yeah. Dunedin, you know, who great are family, who, good yeah, mates, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Who, do, who, who, you know, got but, your but back. ultimately, you've got your back, but ultimately, um, that changed in and around the All Blacks, you know, like, um, and, and I was still relatively young then remember so just young. right I've just been dro- I've just been dropped for JK again you know so here's a guy who was the uh, test uh, try scoring you know uh, leader for the All Blacks you know we've had the guy on the right wing you know um and so uh, so there's there's certainly an, an element of that I can sort of understand but um you know I, I I'd like to think that I earned the respect of the guys that I did play with through that time where I did make the odd error, or wasn't able to deliver as much as I could. That you know, they knew I was doing everything I can to be the best player I could be. You know, and worked hard. And you got that with that with that group. But you had to you had to earn that. You know, and I you know I in my early tests, you know, like. My second test was against England, and I couldn't. I had responsibilities of kicking goals in my second oh, totally. test, and I couldn't throw the thing over, and we lose no, to England. 19? 19? yeah, and uh, given uh, the 20, 20, yeah, twenty, you know. You uh, know, was first five, and you know, <laughs> totally. England were giving away penalties all over the place. So I couldn't throw it over, <laughs> you know, and and so you know, there's. I mean, the, the funny thing was, and, and Foxy's a good man, a really good man, Grant Fox. He's a great um, rugby man, Foxy. Oh, great rugby man. But after I couldn't f- throw it over, he was over in England and we had a kicking session and we were playing the Barbarians to finish the tour. And we had a session, he was, you know, and halfway through the session, he said, well, You've got a fundamental flaw in your goal kicking. I was like, Oh, crikey. Here it's going go. to be a long day at the <laughs> office on Saturday. But he gave me the confidence and belief. He so said, You've got what you've got. And, and, uh, you know, I think I kicked four out of five. We we beat yep. the Barbarians to finish the tour. It wasn't a classic Barbarians game, but we just lost to England, so it was just win. Make sure you Get win W. Um, and so I've had great conversations with him, but ultimately he was trying to help me um, uh, through those things. And, and so, you know, I think there's a there's definitely a respect and bond there with with the group, and and you know, if, anytime I see these guys, you know, see Fitzy and you know Olo and and Dowdy and and you know all those players from
1: that era. You know, I think we know we were some, part of something really special. So good and to see you now sit side by side with JK in the booth and comment oh, on rugby being a bit of back mate, and forth. I, he's I, argumentative, isn't he? He's difficult. Oh we both are.
0: <laughs> it's more it is honestly it is so much fun. It is it is yeah. so much fun. You know, and, and then but it, it it's no different. Off camera than it is on camera. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we'll get into a debate about something. Just have record. Yeah, yeah. We just, you know, whether it's usually it's with him. He's wanting to enjoy a a, a, a nice red or a nice yeah. white or or a pizza or whatever it might be. But but ultimately it's it's having a yarn about rugby and I can't think of anything better to do when it's sitting down with JK and, ah, yeah. and just chatting away. You know, because that's. Yeah. That's who we are. That's how much we love the game. Imagine him and
1: Smithy down at Waihee Beach talking oh, through, you know. But like not that. just him. Mills yeah. is down there yeah, now. The, totally. Gats Gats is hanging, you know. <laughs> totally. Gats is there as
0: well. You know, I could
1: just, yeah. you know, the, the
0: whole group. I mean, Fozzy's there. I mean, they're all there. Just yeah. imagine them down at the local, which I know the local's not very big, but I could just, yeah. you know, or yeah, how it good. would fly exactly. I mean, if if you're flying the wall in the summer, I think that's a good place to be.
1: Totally. Mate, you hinted it there. What do you reckon? 2015 All Black side, often regarded as one of our strongest. Um, would you take your 96 side, 97 side? How would it go? We're on the proviso that, of course, you know you've done all the same strength and all the same conditions leading up to the game. Like, geez, that'd, that'd be a good fixture though, wouldn't it? I oh, will give him a run. <laughs> give we'll a run. give him a run. I mean, I reckon um, you totally.
0: Know, um, you know, and, and you know, you throw Cully into that mix now oh. as well. You add him, into to it. Oh, look, I. Um, Look, the 2015 side—it was a remarkable team, really, really was. Uh, we, we'd, we'd go close. Oh, it's a great matchup. It's a great match If you like, like you've just said, um, in fact, I think Ian Jones can still play now. Yeah. I, I see him galloping around, and, and uh, I, I was in the week of the final here. I see him running <laughs> down in in the middle of Paris, just getting his run in for the day. Look, I, like I think ultimately, like you've just said, you give—I mean—you you go hard pressed to 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 not see Olo Brown. Yeah. Absolutely holding up his side of the scrum. You know, like, I I just, you know, I think so about that. it, um, you know, if you've got Michael Jones and you've got on the blind side and Josh at open side. Imagine Doughty in the gym for 15 oh, years. I, you know, I, like coming I, in. Look, like, I, I think... I think it would be game on. I really, really do. You know, uh, so good. It, it it would be amazing. You know, it's one of the things. Bishop that, and Smith, they oh, like
1: they like little silhouettes
0: of each other. I, how I, good. I don't think you know general rugby would do it justice to the fact <laughs> that if we could get those two matchups, <laughs> and it's one of the great, the saddest things that we haven't managed to get, because that's what the NBA has, right? Yeah. You got two K together, and they throw the generations. Yeah. They let them play against each other. You know, and and the matchup is this is what it might look like. But you know, I I, I tell you what, that would be a war. And it
1: would be something special. Mate, how good! Surely there's some sort of CGI AI thing that we can do in it's the a future. Some metric somewhere. <laughs> some metric somewhere. It's got you to know, be. <laughs> I mean, this is
0: the thing. Like, if, this is what I love about the debate: is the fact that if you got into a stalemate up front, and that's the difference. Yeah. Which team could play better rugby? Yep. Which could play? Which could move the ball? Could hold on to it? Could offload? Create. All those sorts of things and create. You know, could we counter Sonny Bill Williams when he comes off the bench? Oh. You know, oh. like I mean, funny enough the – my favourite player, or just my favourite player um, post my career, and particularly in the last probably 15 years, has been Ben Smith. Yeah, I mean, he had a, he had a slightly rough start, a bit like I did a rough start for the All Blacks, you know. First game against Italy wasn't yeah, flash, yeah, yeah. but he ended up becoming an ace for us, who started at fullback, could move That's to cool. the wing, was tough. His instinct was to run first rather than kick mistake free like, oh, and and deceptively strong you know um, did it for the Landers too like yep, yep. You know, he was a late you know slightly a late developer you know wasn't in the system um, but all of a sudden when he came I look at so you know when I when I look at players sort of like him um, you know I I, uh, I have nothing but respect totally
1: Mate retired from rugby at twenty eight. Was was that a desire to get back into cricket? Was there a little itch there, or was um you know everyone getting too big and strong, mate? Like what was the go there? So my last season of um Super
0: Rugby um two o two. I made your two o two. I uh I made a turnover at a breakdown. Oh here we go. One evolving. <laughs> Decided uh, that that was the future of the game. No no it was we were playing the Brumbies and I remember it vividly. And one of their guys got isolated and it all happened in front of me. I said, I should probably go in and get that. And as I looked, and you know, I got my hands over the ball, and then went, "Oh dear!" And yep. so the, I, I held on just long enough to get the penalty. But there was a sense through the course of that season that that's the way the game was going. Yeah, England were the best team in the world. Yeah, I was making more tackles, kicking the ball wow. more. Yeah, there was no space on the field. You were bludgeoning out games, and um, and and Laurie Mains was the coach. He'd come back from coaching in South Africa, and we had a generation of players through the late '90s who were still there who wanted we, we we wanted to play, but Laurie and and to a sense we sort of all knew that the best way to play was the kick and D. Yeah, and we, we could were do that.
1: Seven years into professionalism, the bodies were changing, units were yeah. getting big. but even the the Analysis. world the world
0: game had changed. Yeah. you know, become all of a sudden the arm wrestle. Yeah. You know, England had had you know had had arisen this this. I'll say great English side because they're a winning side. They yeah. knew how to win. Totally. They suffocated and scrummed and yep. you know, um, you know, the, the Springboks weren't sort of that. They were they were incredibly competitive and you know, but they weren't that type of team then. They yep. still, you know, they they weren't they still didn't, finding the air. Yeah, but they didn't they didn't win just one way. They could, they still had some guys yep. on the outside who could play. You know, they st- um, but England and I just I you know I felt to myself one. My father had passed away in 1998. And so all of a sudden, the the chat around the game was different. Yep. You know, And don't get me wrong, I had great respect for the coaches I played with, but it wasn't the same. But the game wasn't the same. It had yeah. it become um, predictable. It had become physical. The space was less, like I said. And so you know, all of a sudden, did I want to make more tackles than actually carry the ball? Did, every time you get it get down the other end of the park and D up, you know. Now, we had some success doing that, made the semifinals, but I knew I was gassed and done, you know. I could just, had stopped being fun. Yep. The other thing i told, you, I'd had a couple of ankle operations and I was managing an injury. Um, and so I was probably on recovery for the first three days of the week before, you know, and I was on, I was on anti-inflammatories every day, you know. I was taking it, yeah. which was actually the one, uh, was an anti-inflammatory called Vioxx. Which You're in the got, grind. I was in the grind, and Vioxx was the was the anti-inflammatory which got taken off the market, Um, uh, and so I think there was there was a lot of combination of things which just stopped being fun, stopped being enjoyable, and then there was the well I'm young enough I can go back and see whether or not I can play this cricket thing again. You know I, I I'll still be and I didn't know how my body would hold up to that. Um, but you'd be different a different shape eh? like you would have been in the oh, gym massively loads. different not uh, a rubber band like you were uh, when you were 19 but like you, you bowl up for overs I bowl over after over never had a problem you know yeah. um, so then, then I made the transition back but I was just gassed you know? yeah. and I'd taken a so you know you talk about now um, um sabbaticals I'd taken an NPC off where I needed a break at 2000 I think Um, and I was just I was same thing just gassed yep. um, and I think the nature of I trained harder than I played like I, I loved to train. Yeah. You know, I pushed and pushed and pushed, and you know, I just body was telling me I needed a yeah. break. Um, and so you know, it was one of those things where I never took an off season because I didn't want to have to get fit again. Yeah. So you just keep training through. Yeah. You keep. But training people through. tell
1: you to do that now, but back then it was a bit more self managed, and you just keep going. Yeah,
0: but but you know, the last thing you wanted to do was the fitness test to hurt. You know, yeah, just yeah, want yeah. to just stay fit. Yeah, you know, and so you just yeah. keep pushing and pushing, and and that was just the nature of the you know the the, the way I was. But so so when it was time, it was time. Let's let's you know um you know I, I didn't want to finish my sporting career with a with a what if
1: mate you did you did get back on the international park and cricket like was it's a great effort i think perhaps you even still hold the record for the biggest distance between international I cricket games 13 years 13, 13 years that'll be a tough one to beat so um you know it was, it was completely different like but it must have been it's pretty, sure. pretty satisfying though like i mean to get get back out there
0: Look, um, it was a complete nutter punt. Yeah, from the selectors. Series um, I'd shown some signs, right? So, yep. but I'd been inconsistent in first class. But I'd come back, and there were some things I'd shown some signs that I could, you know, maybe be able to offer something. Um, John Bracewell was the coach. Um, you know, he whether or not he needed an injection of enthusiasm, I'm not sure what they were looking for. Um, but I came in and went. It was very similar to the first time, like. I'm not really sure I deserve to be here, yeah, but I am, so let's see what i can do uh but it was it was a real challenge and i think that the uh, the o three uh, sorry the ninety ninety three team was um was a great australian side, but the second time round it was Haunting,
1: um, oh, oh, warning
0: well you had Hayden, you had um uh Gilchrist. You had ponting, holy heck! Um, like, like it was. Yes, yeah, like it was like it was. Brett Lee, Glenn oh, McGrath, uh, Shane Warne, um, <laughs> uh, uh, Kasparich. Was he there? Yeah. Um, like it was. Yeah. It was absurd how good that cricket team was. Like, it, I, I think the best. Um, I think the best cricket team I'd ever seen. Yeah. So. If I thought I was out of my depth the first time, <laughs> I, you know, Brett Lee's steaming in and we played in the first, like I was, I was lucky enough to be part of the first T20 yep. game as well. Remarkable wow. occasion, but we thought it was a fad. Oh, this will be a one-off. Um, we came in. Was Afro. That the beige game? There was the beige game. Afroed up. Afro yeah, our yeah, yeah, had afro'd. We'd all facial. Oh, my bad. Facial <laughs> hair. We'd grown facial hair. We thought, and they came out, and they were steely-eyed. First game, we're not losing this. They gave.
1: They thumped us at Eden Park. But but is the that occasion, when Ponting just played a phenomenal just? Oh, out how the dare gate? you bring him up? He oh, hit. He hit me God. for the
0: biggest six I oh, I've sorry, ever. Mate. No, no, it, was, it wasn't a bad delivery to be fair. <laughs> Good length ball just out off stump, and he went forward. How he'd rocked up, hit it on a hit it on the up, and it hit the um hit the lip. Of the eight, was it the ASB stand? Is it still the ASB stand? Yeah, I the think big so. the uh, yeah. the north stand. It, it hit the lip of it and then did the old drop straight oh. drop straight down. So it hit it on the way up, and at the time I was like, I hope that goes out of the stadium because I don't want to bowl in a hurry because it was amazing. Yeah. But uh, that whole, yeah, it was. A, I mean, but Brett Lee steaming in and bowling one fifty so quick. Um, you know, in terms of packing myself, uh, you know, that was. You know, a good thing T20 was like a, I had an excuse to back away. Yeah. You know, play it. Yeah. I was opening up the offside, just opening yeah, up the offside. Yeah, yeah. But all of all of Access. that. Yeah, it was. Um, that was an amazing experience. And they were. You know, we had a couple of um. You know, functions together, and they they were they were great. You know, um, good men, good, good men, good blokes. Um, yeah. you know, once again, certainly not intimidated by this half-ass ex-rugby <laughs> player who's, you know, <laughs> you know played 13 years ago. What what's he going to bring to the table? So, you know, as an experience, um. You know, I, I wasn't able to make an impact, but um, incredibly grateful and proud of the fact that you know they thought there was something there that the, the, the team could use. I was a good fielder, yeah, you know, you good,
1: good, speed. I heard great know? stories about you and Nashi being either side of the wicket for oh. A and competing. I think he told me these stories, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard that, uh, mate. Yeah. I heard you're pretty, pretty nimble. Look, um, next week, December the fourteenth, um, ASB Rugby Awards. Like, what do we expect? Like, what, what's going on, Look, mate? We'd, we need to make sure that people are tuning in and and. Um, you know, a bit of a celebration of the season, perhaps.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Look, it's been, um, you know, it's been a different year for New Zealand rugby. I mean, but but we've got to remember there's so many different layers and levels and, and you know, it's time to celebrate all of those. And so um, we you know, put together a team at Sky and, you know, we will celebrate that. And there's a, a number of people coming in studio. And, and so, you know, when you when you do all of that, you, you can look back at the season. Um, you know, look, I, you know, I'm really hopeful in the future we'll, we'll get back to the the real you know the dinner the celebration bit of the, a marquee, event, yeah, marquee and, event and you know but this is sort of a a bit of a, a hangover from COVID, you know for yeah. a couple of years we've been able to do that you know and, and i know you know new zealand rugby and i'm sure the players and everyone will look forward to you know the, the the timing being right to when we get it back into the room and it's all firsthand and you know it's you know it, it probably needs to be done a little bit closer um but i think in the end what what we are doing is is you know, we're paying respects to those who have made a huge impact on the game in this previous season, and you know, we'll, we'll, we'll crown our our, our best um, our coaches, our best players, our best administrators, the people who have dedicated you know incredible amounts of time uh, to the game, and, and to those who have gone out and performed at the highest level, you know, and I think that's that's really really important. So, um, you know, Taylor Johnson and and Laura McGoldrick and myself, we, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll um we'll have a chat, we'll have a yarn, we'll talk about the season, and and um like you say, we'll celebrate what. You know, I think, you know, ultimately, if you look at it, um, you know, over the last couple of years, there's been some tough times, but I think there's so much, there's so much to look forward to in the future.
1: Couldn't agree more, mate. Firstly, you know, perhaps the awards that won't quite crack up on the screen, and most importantly, like, who's the best sky commentator on tour? You know, when we're away in France, like, who, who's the best traveller?
0: Look, the voice of the All Blacks, <laughs> Nisbo, Nisbo is remarkable. Kamato. he just, he, he is the Kamator. He just goes about his business. Um, I think he's had. Uh, here's the funny thing. I think he's had one one of his great seasons. Yeah. You know. Um. Um. Because it, it these these are really challenging. You know. They they uh. You know. They put pressure on you, and he continues to deliver. There's no yeah. doubt about it. Look, it was it was um fantastic to be on tour with Mills. First time he's been in a major yeah. major event. You know, young fella handled it pretty well. Yeah. Totally. You know, did it really really well. You know, but there some great moments, and to me the highlight. You know, look, I'm not sure if you've seen the footage, but. Of him and Nisbo commentating the Irish game, I have yeah. It it you know, and I can hear myself sideline yelling. Um, but when you see that, and you see how much it means, yeah. and the energy they put in behind it, you know, um, he's always ready about four o'clock to get together, have a bit of a chat. Um, but when you watch about him go about his business, about his preparation the day before, um, like like you know, all the commentators do. Um, you know, to me, I mean, he he was at his he was at his very best again. You he know, was in an his absolute, environment, doing a, his he, thing. He was in his zone. You know, and and uh, you know, for all of us, after the you know disappointment of 2019 and not having the opportunity to to play that role, yeah, um, to have been there and and, and been a part of this and uh, was was fantastic.
1: Mate, I know you were. Work- Really hard over there. You must have snuck a couple of rounds of golf in. No. And golf golf's on a renaissance here. I, a lot of the the All Blacks boys always seem to be on the course every time I put on the old social media. Well, you know, out and about because you love your golf.
0: Oh, I love my golf. There was no doubt there was an intention, um, but in in the end, it just it it was just going to be a little bit too much hard yeah. work. But I know the All Blacks got out there. And I think it was really important for them, you know, and for a lot of them that's their their time oh, yeah. they go and um, recharge. Um, but in saying that, look, I, look, France is a re- remarkable country. You know, it was we had a a fantastic fantastic time um but you're sort of on call a, yeah, a lot yeah. you know uh and that was sort of one of the challenges of it but um no no I have saved my uh I've saved my golf for the off season in this regard um but those guys uh you know we see obviously we see the, the Barrett boys are always out there um uh, McKenzie and uh, Leonard Brown uh, they're on tour Will Jordan yeah. you know they're obviously got a, a really good crew of guys that that love their golf and I know, I, I think that's really healthy for them you know um uh Sometimes it's healthier for others in terms of uh, who's paying for what. 100%. Uh, but mate, I, I, you know, I think um, you know when you've got those competitive juices, uh, golf's no better place
1: for it. Let's talk to a couple of the actual awards, and one I want to chat about was uh, Super Rugby Player of the Year, just because, gosh, it seems so long ago now. You know, we almost forgotten like who starred, but I think it's Mark Talia, Damian McKenzie, and Scott Barrett, are, and the nominees. Like, wow, we did they have good seasons? Like when you when you sort of flick the brain back into gear and think about. Um, the seasons they had, um, pretty tough to separate those three guys.
0: Really, really, <laughs> really tough. I mean, I think um, you know one of the hardest things for Scott Barrett has been when, and I'm not, you know, like I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying that he's going to be my pick, but if I look at um, the last couple of years and the future of our All Black Ford pack, and I see what he provides yeah. and has done. Now, look, there's been a couple of things that haven't quite gone right, collisions which have led yeah, to red yeah. cars, to suspensions, and all those sorts of things. But when, when you lose a Sam Whitelock and a Brody Rutellic and you start going, Where's but he is those guys already? Oh. He's 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 almost I think he has overtaken them and yep. what he brings in office to the All Blacks. So, you know, I look at his season, um, Damian McKenzie, you know, um, you know, everyone at some point thought I think it's the Chiefs year. Yeah. You know, they'll find a way to finally um, you know, bring the Crusader Juggernaut down, which didn't happen. Um you know, and and you know, I think for Damien, uh, you know, the, the the opportunity is now his um, you know, what can he do at at that level once again, but also for the all blacks we've seen how what the energy that he brings to the game. No. There's not many people when they touch the ball, you just you sit up. He's that guy. You know, so you know, I,
1: I look at his performance. Who's the other? Is it um and Mark, uh, Mark Talia. and Mark Talia? So talk about said, a winger that plays in different channels that you did. Jeff, he he eats meters down the middle of the field. It's unreal. Oh, look! I mean, the 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 player. Yeah, the, the he's strong. He's strong up high. Strong
0: down low. Um, he is just um once again. He's developed into a world class player. He's shown exactly and backed up last season's performance with another great season. So hard to separate, you know. Those those three. Um, you know, like that's why I get excited because they're all back next year. Yeah. They're all totally fit and available. Um. You know, everyone talks about the fact we've lost a lot of players, but if you know if I start looking at what you've just talked about there and what we've actually discovered in the last eighteen months at propping stocks, yeah. you know, um, you know, I'm really, I'm really excited about next season and, and excited about super rugby because, you know, um, there's no Richie Morgan, which means yeah. you know, the Crusaders are going to be going, you know, into a competition where they haven't got ultimately the best player at first five. You know and that means that their, their season will look different so you know um maybe it's the Chief's time but like I said Scott Barrett's not going to let that happen in a hurry oh god no. you know and you know the blues um no shortage of talent uh, and so when you've got a, a man like Mark Talia back out there as well so like I gotta look at all of it you know and and the, they all those three players had had great great seasons but I can't I can't
1: talk highly enough about you know Scott Barrett
0: and and, and what he's brought and every jersey he's worn
1: Mate, there's no doubt he's going to be massive for us going forward. Like, I'm not going to ask about the, the All Black Player of the Year, but just give a, a few predictions for next year. Like you've hinted at there already, there's a lot of great players returning. Um, it's exciting time. It's always a transition year after a World Cup with a few people moving on and a few people staying. But um, you're obviously pretty buoyant about, um, you know, where the All Blacks are at uh, heading into next year. New coach, a few new players. Da 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 da.
0: Yeah. Look, I think the most important thing for me is is that we. We stick to what it is we we started uh, this year with, with oh. you know. Now, now clearly, Reyes is going to bring something different, you know. And I think everyone should be excited about the fact that we know what he's done. It, it will certainly be a fresh look. Look, I don't like the circumstances in which it's all played out. But that's in the past now. Totally. We have to focus on what's happening in the future. But but ultimately, he'll be judged on his results. Mm. He's got 15 test matches next year, you know. Um Fozzie had a real challenge last year in regards to what he was going with and deal with. So, you know, I look at, like I said, the, you know, Ethan Groots and Tyrell Lamaxes oh. and, and, and Cody Taylor and Somasoni Tokiaho and we've got Asafa Amua and, you know, there's a, some fantastic young players who are coming through, you know, we're, we'll be now searching for, you know, um, uh, you know Sam Kane's still going to come back, you know, we, Dalton Popoletti's still there. You know, we're looking for a blindside flanker, but there's plenty of guys. Still so, Geordie, still uh, Reeks, still, uh, uh, you know, uh, like. Like like Mark Dalia, we're going to talk about it. Caleb uh, Clark, Will Jordan, you know, yeah. Bowden Barrett's returning. Like, this is still a really. Damien McKenzie's going to be here. Stephen is yeah. going to be fit. Like, I can, you know, um, Patrick Pilotu, who was playing really well. Yeah. You know, Tupo is going to be here. Like, as much as we've lost some wonderful and experienced players, the next tier always have to step up. But we go really well after Rugby World Cup because other teams around the world transition so I you know I look forward to Super Rugby because I think it's going to be fresh and exciting because it will be a different type of competition because you know the Crusaders will still be the Crusaders the target will be on their back but everyone will see an opportunity um Australian rugby's going through a bit of a transition but I get the sense now that they realize they need to make a shift they'll make some changes and they need to so you know I think Super Rugby should be we should be you know excited about it because um, we we It was, a, I think, a successful year. Don't forget what the draw were able to do last year. So all of these parts, there were so many good things. I still think we're searching for something in terms of a game. And I think we'll get real clarity going into Super Rugby around the role of the TMO and what they have in the game. Uh, If we get that, I think you'll find it'll go back to a lot more on-field decisions. Mm. They'll play a lesser role, um, particularly uh, they tried that in Super Rugby this year. And if we get that back into our uh, international game, England are coming. Um, yeah. You know that's a real challenge. This is a team that was one good play away from being a Rugby World Cup final. Um, Thirty seconds. Well, just one decent play, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. Um, you know they made a couple of critical errors. So, you know they're going to be a really, real, a real challenge. I know it's going to be without Owen Farrell, but you know they beat Argentina with fourteen men. I, I just think it's an exciting, it's an exciting season regardless because it's an element of change. It's a, it's the, it's the
1: new era of. of uh, the All Blacks and I think it's a, a, a change in, in Super Rugby as well Mate thank you for coming in enjoy your trip to the States I think you're going off on a massive family holiday tomorrow to tick a few of the old bucket list events a uh, bit of basketball bit of college football like how good so enjoy um, well deserved break and come back refreshed next year to rip into a bit of Super Footy mate, it's funny I'm already looking at the squads you know you're sitting there and you go oh, I'll take a break <laughs> away but on hold on, 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 switch on, switch on. I can't do it let's bring it on I can't wait awesome thank you mate appreciate it
0: pleasure the All Blacks podcast is powered by our official cloud software partner, SAP. Helping our teams of black be the best run in sports. Hosted by Rob Dunn in the Hargrave Street Studio. Produced by Carl Thompson from Blue and Ginge, the podcast producers. Video editing by Mac Leesberg. Graphics by Western Design. Content advising from Andy Burt. And commercial manager for the podcast is Valeska Hoth. Follow the All Blacks podcast on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and
1: anywhere you get your podcasts.